Are you looking for a comprehensive and convenient online health fitness training platform? Look no further than Vikido Fitness Academy. With a variety of programs designed to meet your needs, this platform offers everything from weight loss and wellness group coaching programs to an emotional intelligence course. You'll learn what to eat in order to achieve optimal health and energy levels. You'll have access to exercise training, live coaching meetups with myself, Dr. Vicki Haywood Doe, and other instructors, as well as support and accountability throughout your journey. Whether you prefer to work out at home or at your favorite gym, Vikido Fitness Academy makes it easy to follow along with their programs. So get started on your journey to better health and fitness. Visit vikidofitness.com forward slash VDF Academy. The views and opinions expressed are for general informational purposes only. Consult with your physician or medical health care provider for medical advice, diagnosis, and or treatment. Today, we talk about why weight loss gets harder as we age. Research says that as we get older, our bodies do not respond the same way to our weight loss efforts or weight maintenance. We're going to focus on what happens as we age and what are some of the proven strategies that we can do to maintain our weight that may work for you and get you back on track to receiving optimal health. All this and more on It's All About Health and Fitness. Welcome to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks Bright. This program is brought to you by Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum. Now, here's your host, Vicki Doe and D. Banks Bright. I'm Dr. Vicki Haywood Doe, and with me is the one and only Dr. D. Banks. What's going on, my sister? You got it all. I'm just trying to get it. You got it. I'm just trying to get it. All right. Well, look, you are looking just so beautiful today. Uh, you know, I don't know. It's just, you know, you just, I had a, um, I was thinking about life in general, just was found out today that one of my dear, dear, dear colleagues passed. Uh I had just seen him in February. We trained together and it just, you know, it took me to a place where I just was looking at the sun and the bright day and say, you know, you're just happy to be alive. That's it. And, you know, you just need to, you know, everybody's complaining about this, that and the other and complaining. You better put a smile on your face because you never know. You just never know. You never know. You, you never know. know. And today is a beautiful day outside. So, you know, we, we need to, sometimes you need to rearrange the way you start thinking about things. You know what I mean? I know. I know. But, you know, I enjoy each and every day, most Me of the too. time, you know. Me too. And then, you know, if I have a bad day, I just go, okay, this is a bad day today. But guess what? It'll be tomorrow okay will be, tomorrow. Exactly. Tomorrow <laughs> will be a better day. Yes, yes. Tomorrow will be a better day. Yes, yes. That's how I look at it. Well, today we have a great show. This is episode 263. Unbelievable. I know. Episode 263. And today we're going to talk about, you know, why weight loss gets harder as we age and so have you been dieting but not seeing the results you expected well research shows that normal age related changes to your body may be sabotaging maybe sabotaging your efforts and so today we're going to focus on how to get back on track toward reaching your goal on weight loss and healthy living we're going to look at five things, five things that are sabotaging our healthy living goals. And we're going to talk about some of the proven solutions that may work for you to get you back on track. Uh, We know research has shown that as we get older, our bodies don't respond the same same way to weight loss efforts. And there are some evidence-based scientific reasons as to why. According to a review by the Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality, as we age, we naturally tend to gain weight to the tune of one to two pounds 
per year. And that may not seem much, but over time, it can lead to significant weight gain. And in some cases, obesity, which is... But cons- if you live to 105, it could be significant. <laughs> 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 Depends on when you start. That's- if you end up like being at my mother's age, that's significant. <laughs> Look, that might be another person, right? An yeah, added person. Another person. <laughs> you can't take that number too lightly. I no, know. I was just thinking. Obesity is considered a body mass index, a BMI of 30 or higher. And so we are going to really focus on what happens to our bodies as we age and what are some of the proven strategies we can do to keep our weight under control and also, you know, how we can still be healthy and well as we age. And also, as usual, our co-host, Dr. D. Banks, will give us the latest if there is a vaccine in the making or if there's just something coming to get us, you know, (laughs) yes, what should we do? You know, how can we protect ourselves? She's going to give us tips on all of that. And so stay tuned to this episode of our show. It's all about health and fitness, Vicky Doe Fitness. We want you to stay tuned today. And so what do you say, D? I'm looking forward to today's show. That's great. Yes. Uh, you know, the COVID crisis, they, there were some statistics that I was reading the other day about how much weight gain a lot of people uh, got during the COVID epidemic and how people still are not going back into gyms. Mm-hmm. You know, people are not working out. People mm-hmm. are still scared of group kinds of things. So it'd be very interesting to see not just with exercise, but some of those things that, as you say, as you get older, that may be backfiring on you. That's um, it. I know. Cause even, that even your doctor's not even aware of. I know. And even even for myself, that's right. I have a usually, yeah, I do my, my stuff in my, my gym, but I like to kind of get out and go to to um, so some certain gyms and stuff, but I haven't done that. I haven't gotten back into no. it yet. I'm just there's just something about it when I walk in that room and it's yes. just a lot of people and they're using the machines and, and they, they don't sweat wipe the machines off mm. and sweating. I just I'm not there yet. And even I, you know, I love <clears> to <throat> swim, but you know, we they stopped taking reservations. They were used to take reservations where you'd have the lane by yourself. Okay. And now any and everybody can be in the lane and you're back swapping faces with people in the swimming pool. I'm just Ugh. not comfortable with that. I yet. know. I know. Isn't that something? I'm Mm-mm. I'm not either. I'm not comfortable with that yet. But we'll get there. But that's why yeah. we have that's why we have Vicky Doe Fitness Academy exactly. for our programs because you can still Uh, check out what we're doing and you can do it in the comfort of your home and even if you decide to go to the gym and you go okay I'm gonna just be by myself you have some guidelines of what to follow you know as you go to the gym and stuff so yes make sure if you want to find out any of our programs go to vickidofitness.com forward slash vdf so that's v like in vicky VDF Academy. All right. That was a good plug for Vicky Doe Fitness Academy. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. And folks, we're going to carry on on this show today. Make sure, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. It's all about health and fitness. Vicky Doe Fitness on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or on any of the platforms that you listen to your podcast. When you subscribe, you will be notified first when we post a new show. You will be able to listen, learn, and experience our shows where we bring in other guests and talk about the things that are important for our health and our well-being and our community. And as you know, we do not just talk about our physical health, but we talk about things that we can do to preserve our mental health as well. And so we believe in total well-being. That is having a holistic approach to healthy living. So make sure you do not miss any of our shows and subscribe today. And last but not least, go on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star, a five-star rating and review of this show because that is how we grow and increase our listeners and we appreciate you. And as always, what do we say, D? Thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. Thank you, thank you, thank you 
for your support. Well, D, yes, we were just talking about how that we spent this weekend, Saturday, at the African-American Male Wellness Walk in Youngstown. Yes. Tenth annual. Tenth annual. Yes. Can you believe how time has has flown a flu flew by? (laughs) And we were talking with Reverend Macklin about how I was at the first one that was at this church, Mm -hmm. his church. Yes. uh, You know, where they had a few little people. We did the little 5K thing and just one or two little vendors of that. And look how it's grown into Cavelli Center now, not even just the church, but Cavelli yes, Center. Cavelli Center. And they've been doing that down there for a while. It's been yeah. a while. And and it was interesting how with the vendors and stuff, it has extended. You see how how you it was all the way down the parking it lot. It really was. It really, really it was, was all the way yeah. down the parking lot. And we yeah. had when we look at the stats that they, they were sent to us and it says that the attendance was 2500 in attendance oh, i didn't get those oh okay yeah over i'll send it to her over 2500 folks attended over 250 health screenings 155 Whoa. men 97 women and over 86 community vendors and local partnerships. Wow. Isn't that something? That is amazing. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And so, of course, we saw people running and participating in the 5K. So, yeah, it was a it was a great turnout. And we did what 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 Frankie Halfwafer would say, uh, rest a his rest good. his soul. Yeah. Uh, doing a little good in the neighborhood. Doing a little good in the neighborhood. Yes. And then we had our folks from our new friends of Vicky Doe Fitness, the Case Western Reserve and the mm-hmm. UH Hospital, their research team promoting the importance of clinical, you know, participating in clinical uh, research. And they so, were great. Yeah. So they, they came. Great. I really enjoyed meeting them. Yeah. So it's, it's it was a good day. And then we interview Ashley Vidal. Yes. Um, about her new organization and, and her um, business is what is Dr. Sapphire. Uh huh. And then Dr. Sherry Cross about Shofin. We talked to her. Yes, about that. Yes, and mm-hmm. that's a a really good school in our district that prepares a lot of the folks with the what dental assistants and yes, hygienist. Uh, well, dental assistant. She says, you know. People don't understand. You don't necessarily have to be a hygienist. Mm-hmm. You can be someone who sets the sets the uh, you know equipment out and stuff mm-hmm. that you need for those kinds of things. So yes, yeah, it was really good talking to her. She also was an Athena nominee, as you are, and uh-huh. so we're all in that Athena sorority. Yes, we are. But you, yeah. you, you kicked it up a notch. You actually won. <laughs> look what they say. Damn, she won the damn thing. <laughs> Thanks to you, though. Thanks to you. Kudos to you. But that's. <laughs> cool though that's cool our our athena award recipient for 2023 how about that <laughs> yes indeed yeah but yeah so overall yeah the event was great you know dr nathaniel doe always come in yes and, and always make an appearance us. we had uh the one and only yvonne mathis the yvonne, one and only yes. yes helping us out she she is our admin we are her clients for the Mathis group. And so we appreciate right. all that she does for Vicky Doe Fitness as well. And so, yeah, it was a great day. And it we're was. glad to be out there to see for ourselves. Right. Yep. It was it was very it was really, really well attended. And, you know, like I was saying, I, I don't remember a time that it rained. So God must really be smiling down on this event because every year that I've been, it's always been good weather. Good weather. Isn't that something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, even even if it starts out raining at the very wee early in the morning, right? By the time we get there, it is gone. It is. It really is. So that's a good thing. Yes, it is a good thing. And they will continue on in Ohio this coming um, Saturday. They will. Where is it? Where is it going to be? They'll be in Columbus. Oh, okay. But I'm gonna have it where we Vicky Doe Fitness we we bring our whole shebang down down there and do you know at least here Youngstown, Columbus, and Cleveland. 
I'm going to put that where we can plan that and do that. Because if you go to Columbus, that's like a whole, it's a whole city. It's, it's, it's big. It's a big thing. So many, so many movers and shakers down there. Yes. Yes. But yeah, so that's going on. And then Cleveland, they'll be on the, I think the 19th. Uh Oh, okay. But we do have to get ready. We have to get ready, put in our calendars, September the 16th. It'll be the Northeast Ohio Black Health Coalition. They'll have their women's walk. Remember, Dr. Lachelle Pugh was talking about that at the Recreation Center. I can't remember what that, the Recreation Center. It was the Zelma, Zelma George okay. uh, Center. Okay, okay. And so it'll be there on September the 16th. So we will actually be there, Vicky Doe Fitness. So put that in your calendar. Yeah, I've got to look at my calendar see and what see my if you can is. do that. that. Yeah. yeah, it's going to we do the same thing, the podcasting there and all that. And so that'll be great. It was great to listen to Dr. Lachelle Pugh because uh, they, they do a lot of great things with um the organization Northeast yeah. Ohio Black Health Coalition. Yes. Yes. Yeah, they do. Yes, they do. All right. Well, what was your week like? I know you always doing you know, some things. It was pretty much, you know, uh, my week weekend was the the wellness walk, which, you know, it was fabulous. Although I did. Oh, there was another highlight. I went to the Hall of Fame dinner last Friday. Oh, yeah, you did say fun. that. That's always a good time seeing all my football heroes from over the years. And Sunday, mm-hmm. I was at, uh, went to Trumbull Country Club just to maybe get a bite to eat and, mm-hmm. and a glass of wine and bumped into, ran into whom I have known over the years. Well, not over the years, but knew when he was in Cleveland, Paul Warfield, okay. who used to play for the Browns. Okay. And um, it was really nice to see him and um, just kind of talk about the people that we knew. And then I, who else did I see at the event? I saw I was coming out of the bathroom and bumped into Michael Strahan and saw him because yes. you know, he was quickly rushing off. But it was just kind of fun to see a lot of the, a lot. it was packed. A lot of people were there. But, um, you know, this was only my second year going. But I guess, you know, as I have come to find out, this is a sort of like the night that uh, two, uh, after the after the event, it ended about 10 o'clock and you're mm-hmm. driving through the streets of Canton. Mm-hmm. There's a big parade the next day for the new Hall of Famers, Okay. Uh, by the way, which Joe Thomas from the Browns got in. But people are already camped out the night before like the Thanksgiving Day parade at Macy's. I mean, people okay, were wow. bags and chairs and all of that. So it's a big deal. But they say it brings in, and I don't want to misspeak, uh-huh. something like 30,000 Thirty million dollars to the city from like Thursday to to Monday or something like that. So, okay, you know, it's one of those uh, really well attended events. Yeah, because um, Brother Bill was telling me that he wants us to try to go next year because oh, yeah. one of the key people from I I can't remember Antonio I can't remember his last name but um he'll be in the Hall of Fame well he we'll see if he gets in it but he went to Kent State his story was he played basketball but then he ended up doing football with the San Diego Chargers Oh, okay. Yeah, I I can't remember his last name, but yeah, they they're talking about him being maybe up for next oh, that's year. Great, but that's we shall great. see, you know, because it's a process they have to do to. It is, you know. and you know, it's so funny. I'm sure he was telling you, it's like a lot of people have come up and not gotten in. They right. come up and they you know not able to get in and so mm-hmm. you know it's a, it like you said it's really a process yeah it's a process um, so we shall see yeah, we shall I'm see i'm trying to see if i see mm-hmm. the young man's name on the potential ones for his first name is antonio antonio okay. he played for the san diego chargers okay okay yeah it's uh, <laughs> okay, football yeah, football. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, good yeah i'll i'll look up his name as well but antonio yeah antonio gates that's it. Antonio Gates. Yeah, and he was he's yeah. a Kent State alumni. Yeah. Okay. But but yeah, Good. he ended up he was basketball, but he ended up doing football and doing very well. 
fantastic. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So, yeah, we have to, you know, if he gets in, but I'm sure Brother Bill would love this. If oh, yeah. So I told him we will plan that and make sure. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Make sure we'll do that. Because I told him you you have gone and you. This you is my been... second. was my second year. OK. Yeah. 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 So I told him we got to hook up. It's a dinner and to, to dinner get us. With the yellow jacket. Yeah, because the yellow guys, jacket. Yes. Yes. Um, who get into the Hall of Fame. And then they before that they present all the all those who show up this time they had a hundred of the guys to come back and they all stand in two lines on both sides and when the guys are announced for the hall of fame Mm -hmm. they come through what's called the gauntlet so they come through this group of men and give the high five and hug and all that oh that's great it was really very special and you know what i thought about as i was looking at some of those guys that went through Mm -hmm. it was one guy who came from aliquippa pennsylvania i think his name was daryl reeves and you think of reeves and you think about knowing that what aliquippa was an old steel town and you know there was a lot of you know, a lot of poverty and a lot of Tony Dorsett came out of there. And you're thinking some of those men, young men could have gone down one pathway or yes. as a, or another. I remember when I worked in corrections in Mercer, okay. which wasn't too far from there. You know, there were several young men who ended up in incarcerated from Aliquippa. Okay. And you just go like, you know, but for the grace of God and their mother and people that looked out for them. Yes. Football took them to new heights and took them out of there. And here they are now in the Hall of Fame. Those those are the kinds of things that I was thinking while I was watching the ceremony. That yeah, those are great those stories. Boys, you know, they came from single homes. Moms worked really hard. Mm-hmm. And just think, I was talking to some people at the table. Mm-hmm. You know, this is their life dream. These guys start from peewee football. Yes, they you know, do. We didn't have boys. Well, I did have boys, but they didn't play football. But these boys play from peewee football. Yeah, my, my brother, uh, Charles. Okay. He, he was Pee Wee and he, he played he played yeah. at the University of Illinois. Champagne. Okay. Yeah. So you see they, they go from that and high junior high, high school, college, yeah. NFL and all of that. And then and his stats were ultimately. even when Nate was reminiscing with him when we went down there, Nate was saying how he was he was tripping one, one day when he saw Charles Gilstrap. He saw his his uh stats on ESPN. Oh my yep. cool. Yep. But Charles Very was cool. like, you know what? I'm gonna step away from football. Yeah. Because he had been doing it since Pee Wee. Wow. Yeah, that's a long time to be doing that. A long time. But he he had great years. And we would go and, yeah, his games and stuff. Kudos to mom and brother Bill. Kudos, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, what is going on this week? Everything, Vicki, everything. Everything. Well, as we say, you know, it was very interesting to see that August is actually declared the National African-American Male Wellness Month. It was good that we got able to participate and support. And so I want to tell a little bit about um, the African-American Male Wellness Initiative because it was founded by John Gregory. Now, he lives in Columbus, but I think he's originally from Youngstown. And so I think so, too. I think you're right on that. And he Mm -hmm. was there. He was there just this past Saturday with us. I saw him briefly as he walked around uh, with his wife. But the National African-American Male Wellness Initiative was established in 2004 to begin the process of empowering men to understand through prevention one can live longer. The awareness campaign is the largest wellness initiative of its kind in central Ohio and has expanded to over 15 markets nationally. And that includes Los Angeles, Houston, Memphis, Atlanta, and Cleveland. And the the wellness initiative has provided tens of thousands of black men free health screenings across the country, uh, resulting in recognition from President Obama at the time. And that's when it was declared the month of August as being the African-American Male Wellness Month in Ohio. And so it's interesting and great how these initiatives start and then they just, man, they just bloom and they're all over. Even though they we mentioned those few markets, it's bloomed even more so, you know. Yeah. 
even more. I think they have it in Cincinnati, in Ohio, Toledo. So it's, it's a lot of things that where the, the uh, African-American male wellness walk are picking up D.C. So this is great. I love it. The month of As August. As a matter of fact, I think they have one in Charlotte, North Carolina. OK. Yeah, it's it's a, it's quite a few now. It's it's grown. It's really like as you say, it's really picking up. It's picking up. I think New Orleans too. Oh wow. Yeah, it's picking up. Yeah, you always hear of some added state or city. Yeah. yeah. Every year. Yeah. Every year. Yeah. yeah. So it's a good thing. Uh huh. So it's important. So for more information to see if it's in your area, make sure you go to aawellness.org. So www.aawellness.org. So that's great, D. Great. I saw John Gregory. Uh-huh. I was at a dinner. I believe it was last year. Uh-huh. And he was there with his wife. And, you know, he's even though he's blind, you know, he's uh, he's funny. He came up to the mic and his wife helped him up there. And he was just so funny. He kept us in stitches and just what a nice guy. Yes. Well, he developed is from type two diabetes. What is it? Right. Um, you know, with the we blindness. Saw, we interviewed him early on. Yes. At the African-American male walk. Yes. Uh, early on one of the times and he hadn't lost his vision yet but he Not was telling yet. us how it was going yes yeah i think it was either 2016 or 17 yeah. one of that it was very early in the in mm-hmm. the event mm-hmm. right yeah so it's it's pretty much gone now it's pretty much yeah. his vision yeah. is pretty much gone but he's he's still doing his thing he still is he's still out there doing his thing yes good he is him. good for him well the next one d you're gonna talk more about this yeah. this is harvard the law professor yeah. charles ogletree jr he, yeah, he, he died um, the renaissance lawyer and staunch civil rights defender dies at 70 and i thought this was important too because i happened to not know him personally but have been in his company through my brother-in-law and sister um at Martha's Vineyard and I think in in New York and he as I was telling you the another way that I could describe him is as a quiet storm Mm -hmm. he uh he was a Harvard Law School professor now you know over the years I want to say for maybe even four or five years we've known that Dr. Ogletree and Tree as he's called affectionately has been suffering with Alzheimer's Mm -hmm. but in the early days he was you know, dealing with that and trying to get the word out about Alzheimer's. He and his wife, I believe her name is Pam, mm-hmm. but he was a law school professor emeritus, internationally renowned as a civil rights scholar and litigator who advocated for equality and social justice. He died on August the 4th at his home in Odenton, Maryland. He was 70. Charles Ogletree, a Harvard law professor emeritus, internationally renowned as a, a civil rights uh, scholar, has passed on and the cause of death was Alzheimer's disease. According to the Harvard Law Today, the law school bulletin, Ogletree was diagnosed with the disease. That's what I said in May May of 2015 Uh and announced his diagnosis in 2016. So yeah, about six, seven years ago, he's been dealing with this. Oh, wow. So Ogletree famously represented Anita Hill when she accused Clarence Thomas, then a Supreme Court nominee of sexual harassment, his other clients included rapper Tupac Shakur and the descendants of the 1921 Tulsa race riots mm-hmm. who sought reparations through lawsuits against the city of Tulsa and the state of Oklahoma. As an educator, Ogletree mentored a lot of generation of law school students. Um, Hill Harper had a thing on him on Facebook. Hill Harper, who's the famous director, actor, but also went to Harvard Law School. My niece and uh, her former husband were students of, of Ogletree at Harvard Law School. Okay. So he just was a great mentor. He mentored Barack and First Lady Barack and Michelle Obama mm. in a public statement on Ogletree's death. Obama remembered Ogletree as an unfailingly helpful and driven by a genuine concern for others. Charles's reputation preceded him at Harvard Law School. On campus, people would always talk about the Professor Ogletree and how supportive and encouraging he was, Obama wrote, adding that he and his wife had always been able to count on Charles's support, often when we needed it most. In later parts of his career, Ogletree assumed a role as a public intellectual, moderating panel discussions on a TV show called Ethics in America, and serving as a legal commentator for New York, NBC News on the O.J. Simpson murder trial. Ogletree was one of the few analysts who correctly predicted that Simpson 
would be acquitted. In an email statement, Supreme Court Justice Ketanji Brown, she was up there with him too, because she was uh -huh. with my niece and her former husband. Okay. So they were all up there together with him. Ketanji Brown Jackson, class of 92, wrote that Ogletree was a role model who inspired legends of students who seek to improve our criminal justice system and make our world a better place. She said he was a mentor to me and countless others and his impact cannot be overstated. His legacy leaves lives on in the hearts and minds of the many young people he encouraged to study law, promote justice, and cherish civil rights. You would hear a lot of the students, Vicki, talk about how, mm -hmm. and I remember for us in medical school, uh -huh. you know, oftentimes the black students on campus would feel, you know, alone, challenged, marginalized, yes. and a lot of other issues, issues. you can imagine, yes. issues. Uh -huh. And um, they always talked about how Professor Ogletree would have people over to his house and yes. sit and talk and, you know, try to help them navigate through Harvard yes. and the law school, um, which, you know, you always remember those people that take you under their wings like that. Mm -hmm. Theodore Wells, a member of the Harvard Corporation, the university's highest governing body and a close fan of Ogletree since they met at law school, as law school students more than four decades ago, said Ogletree was a true lawyer's lawyer. He wasn't just an academic. He wasn't just a legal practitioner. He was a Renaissance lawyer who played so many different roles, Wells said a child of the civil rights movement. He was born in Merced, California. That's where my niece's husband practices. Okay. Um, he was a native of Merced, California, born to seasonal farm workers in December, on December the 31st, 1952, in recognition of his contributions to the law, a courthouse in his hometown was renamed mm. after him in February. Harvard Law School professor David Wilkins, who graduated in 77, a friend and colleague of Ogletree said Ogletree never forgot his humble roots, no matter how important or how many famous people, including the Obamas and Anita Hill and so many people who he interacted with, he always remembered that the most important people were the people he could give a voice to, who otherwise would have no voice, said uh, David Wilkins. After graduating from Harvard Law School in 1978, Ogletree moved to Washington, D.C., where he joined the District of Columbia Public Defender Service, no easy job in D.C. Mm. Ogletree quickly established himself as an elite defense attorney and after a seven-year stint at the organization, role of deputy director. Mm. He did more than represent his clients in court, Wilkins said, adding that Ogletree would give his phone number out to clients. Now, that's a lot. I know. And tell them to call him any time of day and night. That's really a lot. I know. Not just about their case, but if they were out or they found themselves in trouble and they needed help. He was always there. That's the kind of person he was, Wilkins added. In 1985, Ogletree returned as a lecturer to Harvard Law School, where he became a tenured professor in 1993. While at Harvard, he became a leading authority on civil rights and the study of race and law. Ogletree remained deeply committed to social justice and in 1990 founded the law school's Criminal Justice Institute a clinic program through which law students represent indigent Boston area clients in criminal court. In an email statement, Harvard University professor and friend Henry Lewis Skip Gates wrote that CJI was the one way Ogletree sought to translate the theories of jurisprudence into the practice of social justice by effectively bringing Harvard Law School to the streets, and he did. Mm -hmm. Ogletree also founded the law school's Charles Hamilton Houston Institute for Race and Justice in, in 2005, an organization that seeks to address systemic inequalities and advocates for racial justice. Charles was somebody who saw himself as a child of the civil rights movement, said Kenneth Mack, a Harvard Law School professor and friend, and I think he saw himself as carrying it forward. That's really his legacy. Well, there May he is. rest in peace. May he rest in peace. May he rest in peace. May he rest in peace. Well, we have a health tip this time. It says the health tip is swipe right for rice. And I, I thought this was important because, you know, we got a lot of people like my honey sweet. His tradition, they always had rice for everything, you know, with their Liberian dishes. They had rice. Uh -huh. And then... For a, a few years, it's been a while now. It's been at least ooh, almost what, at least five or six years. 
um, he's clamped down. We've clamped down on rice with a lot of the dishes. You know, we, we barely eat rice at all. Of course, I eat it when I want to add it with kidney beans or beans and rice. And that's because of me remembering the importance of complex carbohydrates when you mix the beans or the legumes with rice. And right. so that's why when I saw this, I was like, oh, my goodness, let's talk about this. It says because it's talking about that same concept of how that when you add um, legumes with rice, it increases that nutritional value. Switch right for rice. Chickpeas find their perfect nutritional match. So it says if chickpeas could speak, they would say to rice, you complete me. Hmm. (laughs) As reported in the Journal of Nutrition, the protein quality of chickpeas is increased when they're consumed with rice. Okay, as opposed to when they're consumed alone. Why? Well, pulses like chickpeas are low in the um, essential amino acid, methionine, and anti-nutritional factors in chickpeas can also influence methionine bioavailability in the body. On the flip side, rice contains higher amounts of methionine that is more bioavailable. So when you team the two up, you get a meal with a higher protein quality, which raising interest in when we have the raising interest in plant based eating, because we talk about that all the time. It would be useful to see how other plant grains, the combos perform. So say, for instance, the kidney beans, I like that. And you can put that with quinoa. Or you can do the lentils with bogart. Do you use that type of grain? Uh, quinoa, yes. Okay. What but the, the other one? The bogart. B-U-L-G-U-R. No. I never used that one. Me either. Faro, I'll do. Yeah, Faro. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. But no. There could be loss of great nutritional hookups out there. There could be lots of them nutritional hookups out there and so that's what that article was just just putting out there it was found in idea fitness journal but it's just putting out there that you know if you're thinking about plant-based eating which we should to think about doing these combos where you put the kidney beans with the kiwa you put the chickpeas with the rice because it will have higher protein quality for you and nutritional value well, you know, sometimes rice gets a bad rap. And a lot of times I'm around my Asian colleagues mm-hmm. who eat rice all the time, but you, but I see them eating it with something else and they are thin, mm-hmm. you know, they're not, you know, obese or anything like that. It's mm-hmm. uh, first of all, it's in moderation and proportions, Yes, but like you say, I watch what they eat and it's rice a lot of times mixed with somewhat other vegetable or some other something or other that, like you say, maybe enhances mm-hmm. the effectiveness of that. But mm-hmm. yeah, you know, a lot of these places, restaurants and so forth, they, it doesn't have to be the contributor to, you know, obesity or whatever. And their cardio, a lot of times with their cardiovascular system, certainly not like ours where we're having higher rates of heart attacks and diabetes and hypertension any place in the world practically i know but it's also what we the added stuff we put on it you know this and that well yeah right (laughs) and pile high and deep yeah we kind of messed that up so (laughs) right exactly it's not just a little and salt and salt yes salt you know so it's the added stuff that we do but if we just stick to just a regular uh, nice portion of some kidney beans and kiwa or yeah, some chickpeas yeah. and rice. Great nutritional value to that. Yeah, exactly. great nutritional value. Okay, D. so what's the latest? You said you had some latest have some latest for us. Yeah, I have a brief what's the latest. And that is that EG5 is the new dominant COVID variant. A new variant now makes up plurality of COVID-19 cases in the United States. This just came out yesterday. EG5, an offshoot of the Omicron variant and a descendant of the XBB strain, which has been in more recent times the dominant variant, has been circulating in the country since April. However, as of August the 5th, it accounts for 17.3% of COVID infections, according to the CDC. 
This is an increase from the 1.1 cases, 1.1% of cases it was estimated to make up at the end of May. It comes as COVID hospitalizations tick up across the U.S., increasing 12.5% in the most recent week to a total of 9,056 hospitalizations, according to the Federal Health Agency. Meanwhile, in the United Kingdom, EG51, which falls under the EG5 lineage, makes up an estimated 14.55% of cases, making it the second most common strain according to the UK Health Security. Public health experts said there is no evidence that EG5 causes more severe illness and that it's normal and that it's normal for the virus to mutate and new variants to emerge. Omicron is out there making minor variations. It's having children, progeny, but they're all closely related to Omicron, said Dr. William Schaffner, professor of preventive medicine and infectious diseases at Vanderbilt. They are contagious, but they're not more serious, so that's excellent. The uptick in hospitalizations could be due to a mix of factors, including some waning immunity and people starting to gather indoors. But experts said the numbers are still amongst the lowest since the pandemic began. If you take a low number and you talk about it in terms of percent increase, it's going to sound a lot scarier, said Dr. Shira Doron, Chief Infection Control Officer at Tufts in Boston. So in an extreme circumstance, if there was one COVID case in the world, and then there were two, that would be a 100% increase, which sounds pretty bad, but two is really low. We're going to see some uptick in cases because that new variant replaces the old one. And so what we see is small uptick, but we're still at the lowest levels we've ever been. So this fall, it's predicted that there will be a new booster that will come out. The CDC is expected to issue recommendations soon about a new COVID booster just in time for the fall when COVID cases and hospitalizations typically increase. The booster coming in the fall is based on XBB, and that was a gamble, and that will always be a gamble because the strain is selected in June, and you can't know for sure what strain is going to be predominant in the fall when it's June. So the booster will be effective against XBB monovalent booster, but it's okay. The vaccines still work even when they're not completely matched to the circulation. And what they have done is that they have significantly significantly decrease hospitalizations and deaths so yes we have to pay attention and we, we still do. have to be vigilant I, I was vigilant and i started back spraying lysol i know you have <laughs> no you have i know you have i got the I lemon smell have. i like the I smell know. of the lemon but yeah I and i was thinking yeah let me get back to washing my hands a lot more and i've been and doing, doing that a lot more in the hospital myself yeah. thank you d for that you're welcome thank you hi everyone this is dr vicky haywood doe i just wanted to break in for a quick second and introduce to you the sponsor and creator of this show it's the company i own haywood doe consulting co doing business as Vicky Doe Fitness. We are a health and wellness consulting company that specializes in designing and implementing medically integrated applied exercise physiology-based fitness wellness programs, initiatives, events, health promotion, and health education for special populations such as older folks, children, adolescents, overweight and obese individuals, cardiac rehab, women's health, and those who have chronic diseases. We have a team and network of healthcare professionals based out of Northeast Ohio, and we've worked with many companies, schools, churches, and organizations. If your goal is to transform your life by taking a holistic approach to living a life of health and total well-being, Get in touch with us at info at To find out more about our own site and online programs and services, go to vikidofitness.com. And now back to the show. 
Well, today we talk about some of the evidence based scientific reasons as to why it is harder to lose weight as we age. We are also going to talk about some of the proven strategies that we should do to keep our weight under control and how we can live healthy, most especially as we age and as we age gracefully. The article that we're going to concentrate on is called Five Reasons It's Harder to Lose Weight with Age. And you can find this in Everyday Health. And the article starts with, and we'll start it off D. It says, have you been dieting but not seeing the results you expected? Normal age-related changes to your body may be sabotaging your efforts. And here's how to get back on track toward reaching your goal. So do you want to start that out, D? You never had a problem losing or maintaining your weight before, but now the scale won't move. It's frustrating, but you're not alone. As we get older, our bodies don't respond the same way to weight loss efforts, and science has some explanations to offer. As we age, we naturally tend to gain, as you said, mm -hmm. to the tune of one to two pounds per year, according to the review by the Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality. That may not seem like much, but over time, it can lead to significant weight gain, and in some cases, obesity, which is defined or considered to be a body mass index of 30 or higher. Mm -hmm. Obesity incidence starts increasing in one's 20s and peaks about 40 to, to 59, and then decreases slightly after the age of 60, says Craig Primack, MD, an obesity medicine physician at Scottsdale Weight Loss Center in Arizona. Not everyone will become overweight as they age because body weight is highly influenced by a person's genetic makeup, level of physical activity, and food choices. Dr. Primack says, we sometimes say genetics loads the gun and lifestyle pulls the trigger, he says. Still, everyone will find it harder to maintain or lose weight with each passing year. Okay, so weight gain and age. What is going on? Well, our muscles, hormones, metabolism, and other body systems are in flux as we get older, in order, in other words, it's complicated. But there are five main factors that may be to blame if your genes feel tighter these days. And so I'm going to start out with number one, and then okay, then you can come and add number two, and we'll go okay. down the line like that. Okay. All right. So number one, what is going on? Well, you're experiencing age-related muscle loss. Okay, the amount of lean muscle we have begins to decline by 3 to 8% per decade after age 30, a process called sarcopenia, described in a review published by the uh, National Institute of Health, NIH. We may also lose muscle if we're less active because of age-related health conditions such as arthritis or if we've, you've been sidelined with an injury or surgery for several days. Primex says, all of these factors individually do not cause a significant decline, but cumulative, they surely do, he says. Why does that loss of muscle matter? Because lean muscle burns more calories than fat, even at rest, according to the Mayo Clinic. Unless you're regularly strength training with weights to maintain and build muscle, your body will need fewer calories each day. That makes weight gain likely if you continue to consume the same number of calories you did when you were younger. Most people will not adjust calorie, explains Marcio Gribbler. He's an MD and endocrinologist at the Cleveland Clinic in Ohio. They keep eating the same amount, but because they have less muscle mass to burn those calories and less activity, they end up gaining weight over time. And that is, D, that's why I always, you know, talk about the importance, even for myself, I'm having the change. And now I'm saying to myself, okay, let me stop messing around. But yeah, we can be on the treadmill. We can be doing, the, and that's good. But in right. order to get that, that muscle mass that we're losing, we have to do strength training. Yeah. And if you don't do strength training, then you have to lessen your calories. Exactly. It's just a simple formula. It's a simple a formula. Very, a very simple formula that has that works, you know. That works. works. Yeah, it works. Mm -hmm. So number two, you're 
undergoing normal hormonal changes. Mm -hmm. According to data from the National Center for Health Statistics, both men and women undergo changes in hormone levels that help explain why middle age is prime time for putting on pounds. For women, menopause, which tends to happen between 45 and 55, according to the National Institutes of Aging, causes a significant drop in estrogen that encourages extra pounds to settle around the belly, explains Dr. Griebeler. This shift in fat storage may make the weight gain more noticeable and increase the risk of high blood pressure, heart disease, high cholesterol, and type 2 diabetes. It's called truncal obesity. Yes. And there's all kinds of studies that are out there talking about mm-hmm. how fat around your gut, which is called truncal obesity, is associated with what I just talked about, hypertension, diabetes, and so forth. And I, I don't know who else I was having this conversation with. Uh, I was at a seminar, too, mm-hmm. that that truncal fat mm-hmm. almost is like a separate yeah how can i put it it's an alien on your body yeah it's a, it has its separate system it produces systems. its own yes. hormones yes. its own things that are not good for you mm-hmm. and so when you have that truncal obesity it's sometimes worse than you know say adipose tissue that you might have around your thigh or mm-hmm. whatever that truncal obesity is really significant mm-hmm. um and then in addition griebler notes Fluctuations in estrogen levels during perimenopause, the years leading up to menopause, may cause fluctuations in mood that make it more difficult to stick to a healthy diet and exercise plan. As a result, the average weight gain during the transition to menopause is about five pounds, according to the UC San Diego Health. Men, on the other hand, experience a significant drop in testosterone as they age. It began to decline gradually around age 40 at a rate of about 1 to 2% per year, notes Harvard Health. Testosterone is responsible for, among other things, regulating fat distribution and muscle strength and mass. In other words, lower testosterone can make the body less effective at burning calories. The pituitary glands production of growth hormone also slows from middle age onward, per Harvard Health. One of growth hormone's many functions is to build and maintain muscle mass. So with less growth hormone, it's harder for your body to make and maintain muscle, which in turn impacts how many calories you burn. It's a snowball effect, says Griebler. You start accumulating more fat, have less lean body mass, you burn fewer calories, and that just keeps adding up over time. All right. So the hormones, the changes as we age, that can cause some weight issues, right? Yes. So number three, your metabolism is slower than before. So that decrease in muscle mass is likely to slow your metabolism, a complex process that converts food calories into energy, according to the Mayo Clinic. Having more fat and less muscle reduces calorie burning. Many people also become less active with age for various reasons, which further slows the number of calories you burn. Age isn't the only thing that determines your metabolic rate. However, your body size and sex play a role. So do certain health conditions such as hypothyroidism or Cushing's syndrome, which become more prevalent with age as well. So our metabolism slows down as we age and we become less active. You know, we got our knee hurting, our ankle hurting, (laughs) back hurting, hip hurting. Growing old is not is not for the faint of heart. That's it, right? And so we Mm -hmm. have these things and that's one of the reasons why we might have problems you know with losing weight is because our metabolism is slower than before all right one of the things i might add is that when as you notice as you get older particularly with women mm-hmm. that your doctors start to measure your tsh your thyroid stimulating yes. hormone which goes along with hypothyroidism which a lot of us see as physicians and people as they age mm-hmm. and you know not everybody who gains weight says well it's my thyroid well no it's not you're probably eating too much <laughs> There are, right, right. No, it's not your thyroid. Um, But our physicians do order what's called TSH. Mm -hmm. And if that's elevated, that's a sign that you are experiencing some hypothyroid, which can affect your uh, metabolism. Yes. So you're busier with work. Mm -hmm. By the time you reach your 40s and 50s, your career is likely in full swing, which is great. 
but brings its own weight loss challenges. For one thing, you may be moving less. You may commute an hour or so to and from work, sit at a desk for eight or more hours and have so much on your plate that there's no time to go for a walk or exercise during the workday. Now I know for me and for me and your honey sweet, mm -hmm. we walk a lot, but it's not a sustained cardiovascular walk. Mm -hmm. So he and I may cover, you know, our steps over one day, maybe six, 7,000. Mm -hmm. And that's good. I'm glad we're active because we don't have jobs where we have to sit at a desk, Yes, but it would be better if we had a sustained cardiovascular impact where we had a sustained heart rate increase. Mm -hmm. You know, you're the exercise physiologist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, about that. So you may also find yourself too busy to break for lunch, increasing the odds that you'll scarf down something from the vending mm. machine or order in calorie dense takeout food. Notes Rachel Lustergarden, who's a registered dietitian, a nutritionist at Weill Cornell Medicine and New York Presbyterian Hospital in New York. As for work related stress, that can militate against a healthy weight too. The stress hormone cortisol increases the level of the hormone ghrelin, which causes you to eat more, according to a systematic review and meta-analysis in March of 2021, Journal of Nutrients. All right, so being busier, having stress, all this can add to us not being able to lose that weight. And so number five, we move on. You're experiencing major lifestyle changes. Some of the reasons for weight gain in middle age has nothing to do with what's happening inside your body and everything to do with the way life changes as people enter their 30s and 40s. One of the biggest changes comes when you start a family. Suddenly, the hour you spent at the gym after work is spent with your toddler at home. Later, I hear that so many times. Isn't that something? Yes. Mm -hmm. Later, your child's after school time is filled with play dates and homework and other activities that require your attention. And so you do not seem to have time anymore for yourself. Primex says, as a result, your diet and your exercise intentions might slip, causing a few pounds to creep on. So then we move on to seven science back ways to battle the budge at midlife and beyond. It says, fear not. There are specific effective tactics you can deploy to retake control of your weight. Number one, focus on healthy foods. Gribbler advises increasing your fruit and vegetable intake and decreasing the amount of fast food, added sugar, and other processed foods you consume. You'll also want to prioritize whole foods, vegetables, beans, nuts, whole grains and fruit packed with fiber says Lester Garden it will make it easier to control calories these are high volume foods that take up more room in the stomach and they generally contribute fewer calories to your daily intake she explains and that's true we always talk about focusing on healthy foods especially the whole foods because they will fill you up more because they are full with fiber and water but they also have the nutrients that you need if it's fat it's healthy fat instead of these processed stuff that we get in processed foods exactly Mm -hmm. uh, the next one is our pet peeve. Uh -huh. Downsize your portions. If you go over to Pookie and them's picnic, <laughs> you don't have to come back with your plate piled high and deep. That's it. High and deep. That's it. You know, probably you shouldn't come back with any food because you probably overate while you were there. <laughs> <laughs> and don't say what I do sometimes. I'm just keeping it real. I know. Sometimes I say, okay, well, let me not eat a lot here and I'll just take it home for later. Don't let right. later be right when you get into the house. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so downsize your portions. Learning to adapt your diet to your body's lower calorie needs needs is a gradual process. Griebler suggests you start by trimming 100 to 200 calories each day and adjust as needed from there. Use a calorie counter app is one way to monitor your food intake. You'd be surprised to see what a big difference such a small change can make. And start reading labels. Yes. And now because the FDA or whatever <laughs> regulatory body had, you now can see that that Chipotle that you're getting ready to eat that you think is not a lot of calories with the flour tortilla and packed with all of that is 490 calories as opposed to the 200 that you thought you were eating. That's and it. that's another thing because of the portion sizes, 
we underestimate the calories that we take in. Yes, yes. Number three, stay well hydrated. We talk about this too. It's easy to confuse the sensation of thirst for hunger. Stay hydrated with water rather than with calorie-rich beverages like sodas, fancy coffee drinks, and fruit juices. And you'll ramp up your metabolism if you stay hydrated, increasing the breakdown of fat And this was suggested by a review of several animal studies published in Frontiers in Nutrition in June 2016. Yeah, the breakdown of fat hydrolysis, you know, uses water, right? Right. That's the whole breakdown of fat, that chemical, biochemical process of breaking down fat. So, yes, it'll ramp up your metabolism. And so let's think about staying well hydrated and the guidelines are at least six to eight glasses of water a day because you don't want to overhydrate either because you get toxicity. Well, somebody who died yesterday yes. who had got hyponatremia from uh, drinking yes. a, however many bottles of water that she I think drank it was in a short 60, period of time and developed hyponatremia and died. Yes, yeah, 60, what was it? 64 ounces in 20 minutes? Yeah, that, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, there's there's still guidelines for that. You stay well hydrated, but you at least do six to eight glasses of water a day. And if you're exercising and it's hot outside, of course, you know, and you're sweating, you need to increase more. Increase more. But no, none of this all chugging down gallons of water at no, one time because you end up in mm-hmm. the hospital or yeah. dead. Dead. Yeah. Another thing I remember about water, I remember Sanjay Gupta saying several years ago that your brain cannot discern water and food. Mm-hmm. So you might think, like it just said a few minutes ago, mm-hmm. that you're hungry, but water will suffice mm-hmm. instead of that, yes. you know, French fry or whatever. Mm-hmm. So hydrate. hydrate. So the fourth one is find solutions for taming stress. For many people, stress leads to stress eating, Gribbler says. Do what you need to do to relax whether it's your twice weekly yoga class or short five minute meditations throughout the day. All right. Number five, give your major muscle groups a workout. That loss of muscle mass you read about earlier, fight back by adding strength training to your exercise routine. You want to preserve muscle mass as much as possible. Gribbler says, with more muscle, you burn calories more efficiently and you'll be more active because you have better balance and more stamina. A good place to start is with the National Institute of Aging's Easy At Home Strengthening Go For Life Exercise Program. And as I gave a plug in today for Vicky Doe Fitness Academy, all of our programs, we have an exercise training and that exercise training is strength training, you know, incorporated into your cardio because we a hundred percent believe in the power of strength training so give your your major muscle groups a workout move your body more mm-hmm. try to incorporate a half hour a day of aerobic exercise which is anything that gets your heart rate up such as jogging walking biking or swimming advises lust garden can't put together 30 minutes all at once Break it up by doing three brisk 10-minute walks over the course of the day. Short bursts of activity have a cumulative effect and count toward a daily exercise goal, she says. All right. Number seven, last but not least, get a good night's sleep. And see, this is important because we always talk about food and healthy food and exercise, but we don't really focus on sleep. And sleep is very important because that's where recovery happens and your body needs to recover. Get a good night's sleep. If you don't wake up feeling energized, you'll be less active during the day and will burn fewer calories as a result. Primex says to log somewhere between seven and nine hours of sleep per night. And they said the research has said that as we get older, we need a little bit more. So at My least sister, I saw seven. you on Facebook last night about one o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, what are you doing? Up? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like busted. You were posting something about one o'clock in the morning. I'm like, 
my sister, what are you doing? I'm so late. It was one o'clock in the morning. I'm like, bust it. Look, look. Uh, I'm a night owl. I'm a night owl. Oops. That was funny. But I said, my sister's up. It's one o'clock in the morning. It's okay. one o'clock. Some, I am not alone. Sometimes I be up to two. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but then I, I have the luxury where I can get my sleep. But a lot of times, yeah, it's it's hard for me. I have to say, listen, you got to go to bed. It'll be yeah, 12 yeah. midnight. I'm getting my yeah. second win. Right. Exactly. So that's I my know. that's my thing I do have to work on. And that's that yeah. sleep. Me too. Me yeah. Because I can't nine hours. Can you imagine getting nine? No, absolutely not. That's a mm -hmm. lot. Somebody life. better go. If I do nine hours, somebody better come up, put a mirror under my nose. <laughs> <laughs> Push me, wake me. <laughs> nine hours. Is she still here? But it's good to have. Now, the other it day. It would be nice to be able to do it. Yes, of course. The other day I did. I did come home and I was so tired. I just slept. I slept. I went to bed. Sometimes you need that. Uh huh. I went to bed early at about seven that. or eight, and you yep, just sleep too. real good. Yeah. Yep, so me too. So me I've too. done that as well. Yeah, me too. Yep. <laughs> but yes, guys, that is a wrap up of today. We talked about things that can cause weight gain as we age. We talked about that, but then we also ended with seven science backed ways to battle weight gain and midlife and beyond so that we can age gracefully. And so if you want to to really read more into this article, make sure you look up the article, Five Reasons It's Harder to Lose Weight with Age. And it is with the Everyday Health. You can find it on their website. Well, this ends our show, D. So do you have so, any tips that you, know, you can I add? would just briefly like to recap why are you having problems gaining weight? You're experiencing age-related muscle loss. Mm -hmm. You're undergoing normal hormonal changes. Mm -hmm. You are, your metabolism is slower than before. You're busier with work and you're experiencing major lifestyle changes. So what are some of those things that you can do to improve this? Focus on healthy foods, downsize your portions, stay well hydrated, not don't drink a lot of water in a short period of time, Find solutions for taming stress and give your major muscle groups a workout, move your body more, and lastly, and could be more importantly, get a good night's sleep. Get a good night's sleep. Yes, yes. All of this is important because... Yeah, I could. I noticed with myself too. That's why I said, okay, I got to stop messing around and I got to change my, you know, we got to tweak it a little bit yeah. and add some strength training. We just got to add yeah. it. That muscle, that major muscle groups. I mean, that's important for our workout. We got to add it at least do two times per week on non-consecutive days, but do some type of weight training. That's what yeah. I would say. Yeah. And that yeah. will make us healthier. Our physique will love us. You know, exactly. We can get some rid of some of that belly fat with some aerobics too. obesity. Yes, yes. Tranquil obesity. And then exactly. our numbers will be better when we read our numbers and take our and that's labs. The important thing. Yes. No, as we continue to say at the wellness world, know your numbers. Know your numbers. And so, yeah, I got to do that too. I've got to take my my um blood work and stuff. But I do a little tweaking. Yeah, I do a little yeah. tweaking. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm due for some blood work as well. I do a little tweaking a, a week or two before. <laughs> so my numbers exactly. will be okay. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We all do. Exactly. All right. And as always, for more information, go to our website, vickidofitness.com. And remember, if you have any questions, comments, or just something to say, tweet us, email us. Go on Facebook and share with us your thoughts. You've been listening to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward-Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks-Bright. Vicki Doe is owner of Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum, a place to discuss, learn, and participate in healthy living. You can get in touch with Vicki by email at info at vickidofitness.com. <laughs>